What got you there with got you got you What got you there with Shonda Laney got you there with Shonda Laney What got you there with Shonda Laney got you there with Shonda Laney What got you there with Shonda Laney Josh Bridges is a four-time CrossFit Games veteran and former Navy SEAL in 2011, he finished second overall at the CrossFit Games while at the same time being a Navy SEAL. Josh is one of the hardest working, mentally tough individuals that you will come across. On this episode, Josh discusses his mindset, training, and recovery techniques and some of the most physically challenging things he's doing. This is an episode you don't want to miss. If you're listening to this podcast, there's a good chance that your physical fitness is one of the most important aspects of your life. So why do you keep wearing those old workout shorts that are falling apart? Or even worse, when you're at the gym and something smells a little ripe? If that's the case, it's time to turn in those old shorts for a new pair of 10,000 shorts. 10,000 makes it super simple to purchase your new favorite workout apparel. My new favorite short is their distance short, which is super comfortable, lightweight, and perfect for all of my fitness goals. I can say without a doubt that 10,000 shorts are the most comfortable workout shorts I have ever worn. Like myself, 10,000 is obsessed with nailing the fit with the highest quality materials and construction. For the listeners of What Got You There, 10,000 is offering 20% off your first order of shorts. Yes, that's 20% off. This is just in time to purchase the perfect holiday gift for your loved one or even treat yourself to a new wardrobe for the New Year's goals. 10,000 makes three types of shorts for every way you train. The interval short that's built for versatility and mobility and perfect if you're into a bit of everything. It comes with an optional built-in liner that's the perfect compression without being too tight. It's made from super fine Italian fabrics. Ooh, fancy. So it's not just functional, but more comfortable without losing any support. And you need that support. The foundation short that's built for durability and perfect for anything with barbells, strength training, or even a weekend adventure. The distance short, my personal favorite, it's a super lightweight short, breathable, and built for running. Also with a built-in liner, these shorts fade away while you run. When you check out, make sure you request their one-in-one-out kit. They do this super cool thing when you can send in your old gear you have for recycling and you'll get 10% off your next order. Head to www.10,000.cc forward slash W-G-Y-T to receive 20% off your order. And if for some reason you don't love them, they have your back with free shipping, free exchanges, and free returns. Josh, welcome to What Got You There. How are you today? Hey, man. Good. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Excited. Yeah, no, it's an honor to feature you. Thank you for your service. I've been a huge fan of yours from the CrossFit Games. Love watching you compete there. But I want to dive into it's 10 a.m. right now on a Thursday. What's your day looked like so far? Uh, So far, it's been pretty low-key. Got up. Um got the kids ready for school. I did my ice bath every morning that I do. So that's four minutes of deep breathing in a cold tub at about 35 degrees neck deep. Um, it's like my morning meditation helps with immune boost, uh, helps with inflammation and helps me get the, get the day started. Right. All right. I, uh, I get to walk outside and conquer a fear right off the bat and also get to clear my mind. So it's a win-win for everyone. So I'm enjoying it. I've been doing that for now for about six, six, seven months every day. Um, yeah, I uh, went and dropped the hose. So after I got out of the ice tub, come inside, finish getting the boys ready for school, uh, finish breakfast, have my, grab my, make myself coffee before for the road. Um, then we drive to school, drop them off. Um, then I come home and I started getting some emails, 
a uh, little bit of work done and I was going to try to sneak in a workout. Um, just kind of ran out of time before. So, uh, going to just work out after this. Are you like a quadruple espresso kind of guy? No, I'm a black coffee guy. So I love, I'm a big coffee nerd. Uh, love coffee. Uh, I, I drink all kinds of coffee like espresso. I don't normally add any, anything to my coffee. It's always black. Um, I love single origin, just pour over coffees. So, um, yeah, that's typically, I'm typically just one cup of coffee in the morning, but, uh, do my pour over my V60, you know, grind my coffee, all that kind of good stuff. You've only got one more bag of coffee you can ever drink. What is it? Oh man. It's a, it's a geisha from, uh, the geisha's the geishas are seasonal. They're actually just, the season just happened. And man, it's just like a single origin. They're typically from like Panama. Um, you can get them from a couple other spots as well. It's, uh, they're, they're pretty pricey, uh, pretty sought after. Man, they're just the most smooth, like delicious cup of coffee you'll ever have. Like I've had this, I had to want this one a couple of years ago. Um, every year, you know, they have a little bit of different taste to them, but man, it's, it tasted like champagne. It was crazy. You had like a champagne taste. And I was like, I don't know what it was, but it was, it was amazing. I absolutely love my coffee. So I cannot wait to to jump on the internet, check that out afterwards. You mentioned your ice baths and your deep breathing. We've had on a lot of performance coaches. They're big fans of the ice baths, guys like Brian McKenzie, the breath work, any specific breath work routine you're doing? Uh, right now I typically just do 10 second breaths. So it's five or uh, four seconds in, a one or two second hold and about four to five seconds out. And I try to do 20 deep breaths of that, uh, right in a row. That's my fate. That's my normal go-to. Um, sometimes I'll just do the four second, uh, four second out breaths, four second in, four second out. Uh, that's like a, you know, eight to 10 breath routine typically. Um, that's, Right now, that's my go-to. I'm really get. I feel like I'm getting a lot out of that. I, I do a lot of research on breathing and just trying to try different techniques. And what I'm enjoying the most in the ice tub is the 20 deep breaths. It gets me to about three and a half to four minutes um, in the cold tub, so it's like perfect. So like right when I hit my 20th, 20-second breath, I'm like, all right, time to get out. And I looked at my clock to see how long it was, and typically it's right around like 3:40 to four minutes exactly. Cool. No, I've gotten some tremendous benefits playing around with my breath work. I'll have to implement some of that. Do you have any other non-negotiables throughout your day? It seems like the cold tub something you've implemented every single day. Is there anything else? Uh, right now, you know, you, uh, the, you know, the old make your bed right off the bat, you know, like you get out of bed and you make it. Um, and it's not about making your bed. It's about like setting your day off. Right. You know, uh, make your bed, you know, you accomplished, you accomplished the first thing of the day. Now, you know, what else are you going to go accomplish as well? Um, it's something I try to, I've tried to, you know, do for a while now since I've been in the military, the military kind of instills it in you because you have to. Uh, and then now it's just kind of become a routine and, you know, you kind of start to re- realize, you know, it's, it's, it's the little things in life that, that, that add up, that, that count the most, that matter the most. So um, as arbitrary, it seems making your bed is just that first decision to do something right, right. When you, when you get out of bed, you know, and then for me again, going right into the cold tub immediately, like I literally get out of bed, make my bed, uh, grab my towel and grab my phone just to use the timer, um, and go straight to the cold tub. And it's just routine now. It's like, it almost helps me also put, put, puts me in the mindset of stop thinking and just do, because, you know, it's like, I don't need to think about getting in that cold tub because if I do, 
that's when the bad thoughts start to enter the brain, right? And start to make you like, nah, you don't want to do that. You don't want to go, you don't want to go sit in 35 degree water, you know? And so, um, walk outside. I I have to do it in the exact same routine. Every time I walk outside, I open up my garage. The, the cold tub actually sits right in front of the garage. I open it up to, to unplug it and just for safety reasons. Obviously, if you guys, anybody implements the, the chest freezer as your cold tub, always unplug it before you get in. Uh, <laughs> so open up, uh, open up the garage, unplug it, walk to my little staircase that I have that walks into my chest freezer and then, you know, put my phone down, press start on the timer. And then it's like, there's no more thought process. It's like, you're just stepping in, you're going. So, um, yeah. I absolutely love that mindset. Stop thinking and just do. I'm wondering, I've been interested in getting one of the, uh, the tubs myself. How easy is that to maintain? Oh, super easy. Super easy. Like I've been wanting a shot. I've been wanting a cold tub for so long. And I just, I mean, gosh, I don't know how many times I almost pulled the trigger on the $6,000, you know, <laughs> PT cold tub. Right. I mean, those things are insanely expensive and all it is, is what uh, a tub with ice with a little motor in it. And, and then when I found, uh, I actually, that's where actually I got the idea was, um, I actually it was Matt, Matthew Vincent, um, the, uh, Highland games champion, a couple times Highland games champion. And he was telling me about Brian McKenzie's, um, setup. And so, yeah, that's where I actually got that setup from was, uh, watching his YouTube video. So it's super easy. I mean, you literally, you grab a chest freezer, they're not very heavy. And you put it wherever you want to put it and you literally get a hose and you fill it up with water. And then for me, I get it down to temperature pretty quick. Um, so I like to throw the ice in the first, that when I first put the new water in, I put the, put ice in just to get it down to temperature. Um, because if not, it takes a couple of days just by turning the freezer on, just, it takes a while to get that much water down to temperature. Um, but then you, you have a Bluetooth plug-in and you can set it up on your phone, how, how often you have to run the tub. And so I run that tub for about two hours every day. Um, and if, I, if I go, and then I have a thermometer in the tub just to make sure I'm, I'm like sitting at the right where I want it, which is, you know, mid thirties. And so, uh, and so if it, if it gets too cold or if it's not cold enough, then I can just adjust how long I'm having it run for. And then you basically have to change the water maybe every two weeks. You just want to make sure you rinse off. Like you don't want to get into the tub dirty because then if you do, it's, obviously it's going to dirty up the water pretty, a lot faster. Um, so if you rinse off and make sure you know wearing clean clean pair of shorts when you're getting in, like the water stays pretty clean for about two to three weeks. And then about two, three weeks, it starts getting a little mucky in there and you just gotta, um, most of them have actually a plug that you can drain. Uh, so I'll, I'll actually just take a, I'll just take a five gallon bucket though and get it. It, it empties out, empties out a little faster. If you just scoop it out with the five gallon bucket and then refill it. I think I'm just going to have to pull the trigger and finally get one of these. You mentioned your yeah. time in the military, how that's helped you enforce different things. I'm curious about how you divide up your time. And coming from that military background, things are pretty structured. Do you continue to structure your day pretty methodically? I try to. I try to. It's not as, it's not as easy as uh, it is in the military, right? Because it's given to you. And then like, uh, so for me, it's now it's hard being out. You know, I have to really, you know, make sure I stay focused because you can easily get distracted with things. And I work and I actually work, work out at my house. I don't go to a gym. So another thing is like, yeah, when you're in the gym, it's like, okay, don't think about the things that you could be doing at your house, like laundry or, you know, um, 
there's a little project that needs to be done on the house or whatever. Or, or you could just be sitting there doing emails or whatever. It's like, okay, when I'm in the gym, I'm in the gym. Right. And when I'm with my kids, I'm with my kids. I put everything away and I try to focus on them. So that's been the way that I've found the most efficient with having children and a busy life is, um, and just giving whatever it is that you're in all the attention that it deserves. Right. So I can't be thinking about my kids when I'm in the gym and I can't be thinking about, um, my, what I should be doing in the gym when I'm with my kids. Right. So whatever it is that I'm doing at the moment, like this is their time, I'm giving them hundred percent focus. And I find that to be the most efficient way to really, you know, give, give to give whatever it is you're doing the hundred percent attention at, at that time. Right. Like I don't, I try to stay away from my phone when I'm in the gym. I try to stay away from my phone when I'm on the kids. And then in the morning after I drop my kids off, that's when I get my emails and phone calls out of the way. And then I go, then I go hit the gym, try to keep it away. Uh, come in, grab lunch, go pick them up from school. Once I pick them up from school, you know, if I still have a little bit of work to done, because that's, it's still pretty early. It's like two 30 at that time. Um, I can still, you know, I'm like, okay, you guys get to kind of chill. It's, you know, after school, I don't want, you don't have to hit homework just right away. Let's, well, let's, uh, you know, relax for a few minutes, play a play video game. If you want to play a video game, the boys are into Fortnite, like every other kid, you know? So, um, give them a little bit of downtime and then, you know, okay, let's, let's hit a little bit of, let's hit our homework, crush that out, knock that out. And then let's go out in the backyard, get outside, get away from, you know, electronics and TV and whatever else. And we'll, we'll play like right now that we're into football. So the boys, we just been playing football in the backyard a ton. So that's been awesome. And then, uh, you know, then it's time to come in and, and hit dinner and, uh, nighttime routine. So when you're competing against them in a sport, do you ever let them win? <laughs> Never, <laughs> never. <laughs> because, uh, because my window of opportunity to beat these kids to beat these kids is only a very short window. Right. And so I've always promised myself because I'm so competitive is like, I'm not going to let these kids win until they can win. And, uh, it's, they've had slowly started to, to start to win at certain things. And I'm like, man, this is, this is bad. And they're only eight and six. <laughs> so that window, my window of, uh, of winning is closing very, very quickly. Yeah, I have a four-month-old at home, and I keep trying to explain to my wife that kid is never going to win until he's at least 18, or I'm just going to be so pissed off for the rest of the day. It's cool hearing you talk about your parenting style, your family. I want to rewind a bit, hear about the young Josh Bridges. How would your family describe you growing up? Uh, well, that's a good question. Yeah, I mean, you should talk to my mom. I'm not sure. Uh, <laughs> um, I, was a, I was a good kid. I wasn't, uh, uh, for the most part, I was a good kid. I'm not, I wasn't perfect. Um, but I was good to my mom. I appreciated my mom and what, how hard my mom worked. That was actually one of the things that my mom instilled in me was she was, she's where I got my mentality. Like sometimes you just got to get the job done, whatever it is. Um, whether it being, you know, cause she was a single mom. She had me when she was 19. She had my older brother when she was 18. So she had two kids before she was 20 years old and, uh, didn't even have a high school diploma. Um, she, you know, dropped out of high school her senior year <laughs> Cause, uh, I don't even know why, but she ended up getting, uh, um, going to beauty school and getting like, you know, becoming like a, becoming a hairstylist. And, uh, but she, you know, she, whatever, she, we, we never suffered. We never, we never went 
without food. We never went without clothes. We never went without anything because my mom worked her tail off, uh, to get, to make sure that, you know, her kids had what they needed, what they needed. And I recognized that at a pretty young age that like, you know, yeah, mom's not, uh, we're not rich by any means. And to be honest, I, I don't, I'm glad we weren't rich. I'm glad that I was, you know, brought the way I was brought up. Like we had one pair of shoes and until they got hold of them, we didn't get another pair of shoes. Um, you just appreciated it, you know, and you start to appreciate the things that you have now because of the way you're brought up. And so watching my mom, you know, just always make sure that whatever it was that we had, whatever it was that we needed, we had. Um, and it was, it's a huge thing for me now, you know, like whatever I got to do to get the job done for whatever it is I'm doing, you know, I, 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 I'm always thankful for my mom, you know, showing me that skill and giving me that trait. It's unbelievable. Oh, go ahead, sir. No, no, I was just going to say it's unbelievable the amount of high performers, many of whom have been on this show, who talk about strong women in their lives and the influence that had on them. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's huge, you know. I mean, I think uh, I didn't really have a dad growing up. My dad, you know, like I went, I saw him every once in a while. Um, wasn't a great influence on me by any means. Uh, so, yeah, but I had, a, I had a, a phenomenal mother who, you know, and still some great qualities in me. And, uh, you know, we're still best friends to this day. So, so mom instilled that work ethic in you, you end up wrestling and we've had a lot of different people on this podcast who've been wrestlers and I love their mentality. The grinders, they're just going to outwork everyone. What were some of the biggest takeaways being a high school wrestler for you? Yeah. Uh, that, that's obviously the number one trait is be the hardest worker in the room, you know, hard first to show up last to leave hardest work in the room, mouth shut, no complaining, you know, uh, that's the wrestler's mentality. And you're just going to grind. You're going to grind until someone has to peel you off the mat. Um, and that was huge for me. I, I, I attribute my, uh, mentality a lot to the growing up wrestling. And I had a phenomenal high school coach. Um, he was, he pushed us, he screamed at us, he yelled at us. And I, and I loved it. I loved it when he yelled at us. I really did. Like it just, I could tell how much he cared by, by the color in his Ace was turning purple <laughs> when he was screaming at us. And I was like, man, this guy, nobody, nobody who doesn't like, if you don't care, you're not going to get all that. Like he's not going to show the kind of passion that he's showing right now. If he didn't care about us as wrestlers and people. And so it was really cool. It was, it was, a, uh, it was an awesome experience. And like, I, I, I always look back at my high school wrestling coach and, you know, thank God that he was there and, you know, I ended up going to college and I only wrestled in college for a year. Um, had, a, you know, that, you know, I only went there for a year, kind of got a little bad attitude. I didn't, I didn't like my, my college coach. He was just such a drastic change from my high school coach. So, uh, but anyways, yeah, that wrestling mentality, man, it's just, it's huge. You know, it's, I, I love it. I love going out and pushing my body to its limits every day. <laughs> I think that's why I'm so broken now, but <laughs> it's all right. Uh, I wouldn't change it for anything. We're, we're going to get into how broken that is. Yeah. But I'm, I'm curious, is that a mentality you had prior to starting wrestling? Because I think you started wrestling in the eighth grade. Were, were you willing just to push your body to the limits even prior to that? Or was it when you got involved with this high school coach that you saw what you were capable of? Uh, you know, a little bit prior to, I, I was always like just interested in fitness, you know, like, I don't know. I just, I remember one time and I was, I don't even I was probably in sixth grade and I just went outside and I just started running and I ran until like, I just, I don't even know. I don't even remember. It probably wasn't like looking back on it. It probably wasn't that long, but in sixth grade, um, it was probably like five miles. I just ran around my block. Literally just was like running and running and running until like, I was like, I just want to keep going. And 
see, to see if I can. And, um, you know, and I, and I did it, you know, and I just kept going. And finally at like five miles, I was like, okay, I think I'm good now. And I just stopped. <laughs> I remember my parents were like, my parents were like sitting on the porch. I think my, you know, like having a drink and like watching me, like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm like, I'm just going to go until I can't go anymore. And so, um, yeah, I, I think I had it a little bit inside of me. I had that like uh, competitive age. I had an older brother growing up, you know, and so everything we did was competitive. I mean, I, I loved competing from a very young age. Like I, I hated losing from a child and I, and I see it in my kids now. And it's like, it's crazy. You know, you're like, wow, like you learn that you hate losing so quickly. <laughs> like my kids are six years old and I'm like my six year old, my six year old hates losing more than my, my eight year old. And it's crazy to see the watch. So, but they both hate it. I think the picture of who Josh Bridges is is becoming a lot clearer for the listeners right now. In the research, getting ready for this podcast, I, I heard you talk about that you thought the most physically demanding thing you ever did was that first year of uh, college wrestling, even more intense than the SEALs. Is that true? Yeah, I, you know, I just um, I just talked with Kalipa about this, and um, and I and I've gone and done some you know some speaking to some uh, college wrestling teams. And I, I really do. I really believe that that first year of college wrestling was physically the most physically demanding thing that I did. It was insane. And I'm not sure if I just wasn't mentally prepared enough for it or if it really was the most physically demanding thing I did. I know Buzz is, Buzz is physically demanding. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, it is, it is really, really hard. Um, I think I was just really prepared for it. Like, I mentally, physically prepared myself so high going into buds that I was ready for it and it still hurt and it still was a struggle, but I was mentally prepared for it. That change from high school wrestling to college wrestling was so drastic that I was like, wow, this is a different level. And I just wasn't, I don't think I was mentally ready for it. Like I was like, I'm not mentally prepared for this. This is, I mean, I remember doing just our conditioning phase of one of our workouts where we watched two or three team sports on a, we were doing stadium runs and in the stadium at Lindenwood university, it's in St. Charles, Missouri. And it's not a huge stadium, but it's a big stadium, um, a big enough stadium to make some, to to cause some pain doing stadium runs. And, uh, and so we watched while we just did stadium runs, we watched like the men's soccer team and then like the women's field hockey team come and go and then I think another team was there and they're like halfway through their practice and we're still just doing stadium runs. And I'm like, this is crazy. You know? <laughs> and then we had to go in and then we had to go in and we had to go drill wrestling after that. So it was, uh, like I said, I just, I don't think that I was mentally prepared for that, but yeah, looking back, man, that was physically so demanding and it was, it was just another level. And so for me, it was, uh, it was really eye opening that, you know, like if I go and I want to tackle something like this, something where like, it's not easy and not everyone can do it. Like college wrestling, like that is not easy. I, I tell my little, I, I coach my, you know, my kids in wrestling and I, you know, we coach a team and, you know, I'll sit down and tell them like, you guys need to be proud of yourself for even stepping on the mat. Right. Because wrestling is one of the toughest sports there is hands down. I don't care what anyone says. Wrestling is the toughest sport. And if they haven't done it, they don't know. Right. And for you, eight-year-olds and six-year-olds and, they, and they're most of them are leaving crying because you know they whatever they got taken down it's, it's such an emotional sport um and i'm like you guys need to be so proud of yourself for even stepping on this mat because most kids don't have the courage to do it so it's uh yeah it's it's a crazy sport and i i, I do i really think that it might be 
you know, one of the most physically demanding things I've ever done. Yeah, I think the toughest people I've ever come across in life, most of them have a wrestling background, so it's very cool to hear that. I loved your story about the stadium. When you were getting ready for SEALs or during Bud's Hell Week, any grueling stories of just grotesque challenges they had you guys do that just the average listener couldn't comprehend? <laughs> Man, we did this one workout <laughs> where uh, it was actually, so I'll tell you what, like what we did in Bud's and SQT, which is, uh, Bud's is basic underwater demolition seal training for anybody who doesn't know. And then SQT is seal qualification training. And those are your two phases before you actually become a Navy SEAL. And that's about a year long. And that is what most people hear about, right? Because it's the training, it's the actual test to become a SEAL. Well, once you get your trident and become a Navy SEAL, it, it doesn't get any easier. It only gets harder. Um, and I remember we had this chief and, uh, and he was a tough dude and he liked to, he liked to grind and he put us in and we would do these Friday monster mashes. And so we get a, so we, uh, he actually put this one out like Monday morning on a piece of paper and wrote it down. I remember just looking at it being like, wow, that's going to be a quite the day right there. And, uh, and the workout was like, and you had to be with a buddy because everything you did in the, in the teams was with a buddy, right? Your swim buddy. So you, no one ever, you know, got injured. So he tried to pair up with someone who had like just amount, the same amount of physical, physical, um, strength as you did. So, um, it started out with a mile swim. You got out of the ocean, you, you know, took off your wetsuit cause the water's pretty cold here. And then you did a three mile soft sand run. And then you, once you got back from the soft sand run, you picked up your, um, actually, no, I'm sorry. It started with a three mile soft sand run into a mile ocean swim into a mile and a half soft sand run back to the obstacle course you picked up your 35 pound rucksack you uh did the obstacle course you dropped uh, you didn't you, you carried your 35 pound ruck to the obstacle course dropped your um ruck did the obstacle course picked up your ruck your 35 pound ruck you ran uh three more miles soft sand with a 35 pound ruck ran back so it was a one and a half mile there one and a half mile back to the obstacle course dropped the rucksack did the obstacle course um, picked up your ruck, ran over to the uh, to this area where we had rope climbs and pull-up bars and dip bars, and we did. Um, we dropped your ruck, and we did like it was like a hundred pull-ups, a hundred push-ups, a hundred dips, and uh, twenty rope climbs, and then ten buddy berm carries up and over this berm. <laughs> I was like, I want to say. <laughs> It took about, I want to say it took about three hours to do or something like that. And I remember just like dropping on the ground afterwards and being like, I, like, I didn't want to move. I just, I, I, I literally went home, ate lunch and like literally slept on the couch for the rest of the day. I was like, that was one of the most <laughs> grueling things I'd ever done. It was brutal. So he called that the Friday, Friday monster mash. Yeah. That was our Friday monster mash that week. So this guy, I mean, it was just a, it was a, man that was brutal so he put that workout never, up on monday so you guys had to look at that all week yeah he, <laughs> yeah so you had to sit there and look at it all week waiting for it and like you know you know you're gonna do it like you're like okay our troop is doing this and then whoever he was like inviting the whole command to it he's like this you like you're doing like our troop was doing it so i was like all right it's gonna be a party so in, trying to find like a guy who's like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right for sure 
that was a good time. So you mentioned from a young age, obsessed with fitness or even just into it. How, how did you transition into CrossFit specifically? So CrossFit was, uh, something that a buddy of mine introduced me to back in 2005. I was actually, I, I, but so I was done with college wrestling and then I went into kind of the business world. I thought that that was what I wanted to do, which was the worst idea I ever had. And, uh, telemarketer for a year and a half. Um, and then I went into, uh, I was a loan officer on, a, on the mortgage for the mortgage side. Um, I was doing refinances and purchases and a guy just happened to be there. And he was like, he's like, Hey man. And we, we started, I don't know why we, you know, we just hit it off. We started talking. He seemed like he was a pretty fit guy and liked to work out. And at that point I really wasn't working out, but I kind of was like starting to get back into it. And so he's like, Hey, I'm going to do this stuff called CrossFit. Would you like, would you like to give me uh, you know, come join? Uh, like, he's like, here, you know, check it out. Um, I'm thinking about going to try to be a U.S. Navy SEAL. And this is some of the, this is some of the ways that these guys, work out to get in shape. And I was like, okay, let me, let me check it out real quick. And at that point, I like, I had no idea what a Navy SEAL was. I was very landlocked Missouri, St. Louis. Like I knew what army Rangers were and I knew what Marines were. And that was about it. Um, so I started checking out the CrossFit, uh, and I'm like, yeah, man, sure. I'll give it a shot. And dude, from there, I just, you know, I fell in love with it. Never, and have never turned back. And I, you know, in January, 2005, like it, it was pretty quick where I started doing multiple days because it was like the one workout was so much fun, but it was so short that I was like, I got to do more of this. You know, I got to do more of this and I got to do more of this. I mean, I was doing back in 05, which no, like nobody was doing more than one workout. I was doing like two or three, at least a day, like minimum. And I was like, this is just so much fun, you know, and just grinding and loving it. So, uh, yeah, so that's how I found it. And then uh, a year and a half later, it was when I decided to try to be in the field as well. I mean, I just can't imagine you not working out at some point in your life. <laughs> so like right yeah, when, you, yeah. when you started doing CrossFit, <laughs> did your body just absolutely transform? Yeah, it was pretty immediate because I was, <laughs> I was, a, I was a couple of years into not working out and I would, I was slowly starting to get back into like just a bodybuilding style of working out because that was just what we, everyone knew back then. Um, unless you'd like gone into like a college, uh, sport but even in college wrestling they, they we just try to do some like intense training like in the in the weight room but it was still i i wasn't really paying attention to it much i was just more, more focused on wrestling um so yeah i just like i started to slowly get back with the bodybuilding and and then all of a sudden i found the crossfit and i was like man this is just awesome so uh i but but again i was i was like not really working out that hard. So like the immediate effects of it, I was just like, I got addicted to, you know, I got addicted to how I felt, how I, how I was starting to look, you know, I was starting to get abs and like, you know, have muscle. So it was, uh, yeah, it was an immediate addiction. So a year and a half of being addicted to that, I'm assuming just dominating your CrossFit box and owning everyone in there. You, you end up wanting to be a seal. How did that even come to be? Well, so there wasn't, there was, that was a thing is like, so when in 05, if you look back into the CrossFit world, like it wasn't even, a, it wasn't even like a not like noticeable, like nobody, even, nobody knew about it in 05, you know, except for the few people that were doing it. And so there wasn't, there wasn't gyms in Missouri. Um, there was gyms in like probably like 15 States, but my, but Missouri was not one of them. So I had to go buy a barbell. I had to go buy, um, you know, my own bumper plates, my own wall ball, my own rings. And I would literally just work out like in my mom's basement or I'd work out at a parks and, uh, that was it. And I would post my times on the, like on the main website on, on CrossFit.com. 
So there were no gyms to dominate, but I was Man, just, just going uh, you to know, the pain cave on your own there. Yeah. 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 It was, <laughs> and then I had my, I had my buddy, Mike, who we would go to like wash use gym and they had like an Olympic weightlifting area and we would kind of like take it over and do our own little workouts in that part of the gym. So, but yeah, there were no CrossFit gyms. So, but he was the same one that was like the same guy that introduced me to CrossFit was the guy was, was the guy like, Hey, this is how Navy SEALs are training. And he's like, I'm going to go try to do it. He's like, I'm like, okay, that's cool. And so I started doing, we do started doing CrossFit together and it was really fun and I enjoyed it. And I was like, and I, I'd, I'd always had a little bit of an inkling to want to like test myself in the military, um, just from watching movies, you know, like full metal jacket and things like that. And being like thinking that boot camp was something really, really hard, which is mind blowingly that I ever thought that, you know, because looking back boot camp is like insanely silly compared to like budge training, but wanting to be like, man, I wonder if I could get through boot camp, you know, and things like that. And so once Mike started talking to me about that, I was like, Oh man, this, you know, maybe this is where I should go because I was hating my life in in the sales in the you know in, in doing being a loan officer. So I um, decided that um, started doing my research on seals and seeing like what else I need to train other than just being fit. You know, like um, started doing like land nav and you know rock climbing and things like that because you know I didn't and swimming swimming just a ton obviously uh, so. Yeah. And then I was like, man, I'm 20. I was 20. Um, that was what, 2007. So I want to say I was like 22 when I went in or 24. Yeah. 24, I think. And so, um, I was like now or never now or never, you know? So I, uh, I was like, let's do it. And me and me and Mike actually signed up and went in together. Uh, and he didn't end up making it, but yeah, that was, uh, that was how I found myself to, uh, to the military. I mean, right now, if someone wants to join the SEALs, there's a ton of information, documentaries, shows, books they can, they can consume to know what they're getting into. I'm assuming at that time, right. there wasn't too much out there. I mean, <laughs> what was your work? It was, it was a lot less, but there were still some. There's still the, uh, the Bud documentary on Discovery Channel, which was class, it's called Class 234. And then you had some Dick Couch books. So that was like, that was my like research, you know, into the bud. And so, yeah, nowadays it's a lot, there's a lot more out there for sure. So, I mean, training nonstop in CrossFit, understanding some of the things the SEALs were doing, did you feel like you were pretty prepared going into uh, buds? I felt like I was very prepared physically. I was very, very prepared physically and mentally I was ready. I was like ready. I was like, this is what I want to do. There's no, I had no plan B. This is it. Like I'm going in, I'm going to become a Navy SEAL and that's it. Like I, uh, and I feel like that's the attitude that you have to have going into that program. If you don't have that attitude, that's why the attrition rate is just, you know, skyrocket, you know, it's so high. So for me, it was just, this is it. And, uh, I felt like I was, I was overprepared for it, you know, doing CrossFit, running, uh, swimming as much as I did and, um, and reading up on the, on everything that I, that I, that I could find, that I could get my hands on, you know, and like trying to talk to as many people as I could. So. Um, yeah, it was, it was, it was hard to find all that stuff and, and put it together, but you know, it was definitely worth all the time and effort. Yeah. I mean, like you said earlier in this talk, you're someone who dives all in on something. I'm wondering when you're going through some of these really crappy times during, during buds, hell week, all of SQT, when something really gets tough, what was your, uh, your self-talk like? You know, for me, I just had to like kind of step back and separate myself from it. 
and just realized like what exactly it was I was doing. You know, I was like, I'm like, I'm sitting here running on a beach with a boat on my head, you know, or I'm running on a beach with log in my, like doing lunges on, on a beach with, you know, like the sun being down on my face. Yeah, it sucks really bad. But if I think about it, like, it's really, it's actually pretty awesome. I had like beachfront property. I literally, like my room that I slept on, <laughs> my room that I slept on, I could open up the window and I could hear the waves crashing outside my window. You know, I'm like, I'm like, people pay hundreds of thousands of dollars for this stuff, you know? And I'm like, and I get to, I'm getting paid to do it. And I, so I like, I literally just tried to put it into that perspective. Like, this is it, man. This is great. Like I'm getting, I'm, I'm working out. Like I, I would pay to have worked out to do this kind of stuff on a beach back in, you know, when I was in St. Louis and it was 120 degrees out in humidity during the summer. And it was uh, 30 degrees out during the winter. And you know, and you're freezing. I'm like, it's 70 degrees. I'm in San Diego on a beach, you know, carrying a boat on my head. Like, this is awesome. Like, how can I sit here and like, feel sorry for myself for this? This is great. <laughs> you know? So I really tried to, uh, to go there a lot when it really started to suck. And then and just know that this was what I really wanted. And that if it was, if it was easy, like everyone would do it. It's like anything in life, right? Like if it's easy, everyone can do it. And it's not, and it's probably not worth your time if it is. So, um, I just wanted it more than anything that I'd ever wanted. And uh, I knew that nothing was going to stop me. No, no instructor, no test was going to stop me. So, um, and we had some really great mentors. And one of the, my favorite ones, uh, who, one of his, one of his quotes was, no matter what it is that you're doing, the one thing that these instructors can't do is stop time. They can't stop time. And so whatever it is that you're doing, no matter how bad it hurts, no matter how bad it sucks, it's going to come to an end. And whether you're here or not is your decision. Right. So you can either push through it and realize that it's going to come to an end and still be here at the other, on the back end of it, or you could quit midway. And then, and then you have to live with that for the rest of your life. That's such a powerful quote. And I feel like you can just apply that to so many avenues of life. I'm really interested in yeah. what else you took away from the seals. I got one of my good buddies, he's a seal. And he was talking about, he just felt like once he got his trident, his brain could just function so much higher. So I don't know if you walked away from the seals with anything, whether it be physical, mentally, you were just at a different level than you were going into it. You know, I think that, uh, when you get your trident, you know, when you become a seal, you know, you gain so much confidence, right? But you really, you know, you haven't done anything that any other seal hasn't done. You really haven't done anything special. Um, but you, you know, you accomplish, you accomplish a goal that you set out to do, right? You got your trident. So the, the confidence then, and then once you have confidence, right, it's like everything just keeps rolling. And exactly like you just start to become a professional soldier at that point, right? Now, now it's like, okay, they know that they can teach you whatever it is that you can, that you're, that you're there, you're willing to learn, you're willing to suffer, you're willing to go through whatever it is to go. And now you get to actually become like, start to work, like start to work towards whatever it is that you want to be inside of a seal inside of as, as having that trident on your chest. Right. And so, um, yeah, you know, you just feel you have this confidence and so that you know that you can go out there and like whatever other tasks that they're going to throw at you, you're going to go after it with a hundred percent and and you're going to crush it. And so, uh, that was one of the biggest takeaways for me is like, nothing's going to, no one's going to put something in front of me that I can't tackle. Right. Like I would just went through the hardest military training in the world and like, good, bring it on, whatever, whatever else you got, throw it at me. Let's do this. You know? And, and exactly. Uh, they threw everything at you. <laughs> it only got harder from there on out. So. Yeah. I mean, you just love doing hard things, wrestling, the seals, CrossFit. Is there something else on your radar currently? 
Uh, I mean, I, I'm always trying to think of really miserable things to do. Um, <laughs> like I, uh, there's been some times where I've said some really stupid things to uh, some buddies to do. And we're like, and they're like, no, nah, not, not, we're not doing that. I'm like, okay. Um, I got a couple things on my list that I really want to do. I'd love to like bike from like Mexico, the border of Mexico to like the border of Canada. I think that'd be pretty cool. Like actually on like a, like a road bike. Um, I'm kind of getting into biking right now just because my knees are messed up and running is not really an option or running. It would actually be really cool. Um, something crazy like that would be really fun. Or, uh, you know, in the CrossFit realm, we talked about taking every regional workout and performing it on the hour, like until it was done until you're done with all of them. Um, regional is done now, but you know, there was, so there was 11 through 18 regional. So, and everyone had six workouts, I believe. So that's, um, you're sick. <laughs> so that's eight, eight sets of six workout that you'd have to perform on the hour until they were done. I was like, and me, I was like trying to talk rich into doing it. And we were like, maybe we should do it as a partner. And I'm like, no individual. We have to, and he's like, he's like, no, nah, I don't know. And we almost did it. I'm like, I just wanted to do it. Um, you know, to figure out a charity to, you know, raise awareness and like have people donate for us doing it or whatever. And like do it for that. But like, for me, I was just like, I just want to do it because it sounds awesome. You know, it sounds like a crazy test for, for ourselves. Uh, that, so that was one of another one. What my other buddy, uh, Brian Montash, he's, this guy's a freak. This is another guy you should have on your show. I don't know if you've ever heard of him or not, or his story, but then like we, he goes by Tosh and he just did this amazing, um, test where they basically went into a Connex box and they removed all like, almost like a sensory deprivation. So there was no light, uh, no clocks, no anything. And they had a true form runner inside the Connex box. And, he, and there was three of them, three Connex box and three different people. And they were going inside and they had 24 hours, but they had no idea of time frame or how far they've gone or how far anybody else has gone. And they were trying to see who could run the farthest distance on the true form in the 24 hours. And uh, when he told me this, I was like, I was mind blown. I was like, man, that is what a, what an awesome challenge, you know, and to raise awareness for like, for like, uh, I think it was, you know, they raised awareness for some sort of charity, um, uh, about like mental health for, uh, veterans. And I was like, dude, that is, that is one of the gnarliest things that I'd ever heard of. Because when you remove those things, like how far you've gone, how much time you have left, you know, like your mind can go to a dark, dark place. Right. <laughs> So I was like, that is a cool challenge. So I've like contemplated doing it next year with them as well. And like doing something like that. I was like, that's, that's really cool. You definitely so, need to do that. Um, yeah. Right. I know. I was like, I got to get in on this. Who, this the hell, awesome. who the hell thought of that? That's what I said. I'm like, man, <laughs> that is one of the craziest things I've ever heard. Like put you in a conic box that's blacked out and like, like no sense of time, no sense of how far you've gone, no sense of how far the other guys have gone. And they basically, they shut the door clock started, you know, outside where you don't know. And then at 24 hours, they're going to open the connect box and it's up to you, like how far you've gone. So it's really just a push. Like, I just have to keep going. I have to, I have to keep running because I have no idea how much the other person's running. Man, you're right. You're going to a dark, dark place when you're doing that. <laughs> how far did he end yeah, up going? Yeah, right. He went like 80 miles. <laughs> he actually, they broke it down. He was moving like 23 hours and 20 minutes of the, of the 24 hours. He beat, he beat second place. I want to say by close to 
20 miles or 30 miles or something. It was gnarly. Like I do. And so he's, he's won the Navy cross, um, which is like the second highest award just below the medal of honor. Uh, he was a Marine, um, officer, like just an awesome, awesome dude. So if you have a time to grab that guy and throw him on your podcast, that guy's got some, some phenomenal insight and, uh, yeah, like he's definitely a worth worth talking to. Yeah, I haven't heard of him, so I'm definitely gonna have to check him out after that Brian, story. Brian, not Brian Montosh, Brian Brian Shantosh. I'm sorry, okay, says his name wrong. Yeah, he goes by Tosh, but yeah, Shantosh. Cool. I mean, so you're Navy SEAL. How do you end up deciding that you're actually going to compete in the CrossFit Games while at the same time being a SEAL? One of them wasn't difficult enough. <laughs> right. <laughs> right? Yeah. I don't even know how um, that's possible. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, so on that, that aspect, it was kind of, uh, interesting. You know, I, um, the, when, when I first heard about the CrossFit games, it started, so the first CrossFit game started in 2007 and that was the year I was, uh, deciding to enlist in the Navy. <clears throat> so I would have per- tried to participate in that 2007 CrossFit games. I remember just being like, Oh man, they're actually going to make an event out of this, which I, was one of the biggest draws for me to CrossFit. Excuse me. Um, sorry, um, was the fact that it was, it was competitive, right. In nature, it was just competitive. Like it was as many rounds as possible or, uh, uh, do as, yeah, as many rounds as possible in a certain time frame, or do this for time. Right. And so it was competitive by nature. And whenever you got to do it with friends, it was always fun, you know, bragging rights. And then I I'm reading in the articles, I'm, cause I'm following the CrossFit.com website, you know, every single day looking at it probably 10 times a day. Cause I was just so addicted to it. And so I get the newsletter saying that, Oh, they're going to have a competition in Santa Cruz at this ranch. And it looked really awesome, but it like, it just didn't work out time-wise for me. So in 2007 is when I enlisted March of 2007 and the CrossFit games were in July of that year, I believe something, something around, around that time frame. Um, I continue to kind of follow it. I, obviously I was still doing as much CrossFit as I could once I joined, but when you're going through basic, uh, training and then buds and SQT, you don't really have a lot of downtime to where you get to train on your own. They do, they provide you with all of, all of the necessary, <laughs> uh, fitness for you while you're there. So I'm not doing a ton of CrossFit at that time. I, just, I wish I was like missing it though. Pretty, pretty bad. And then, and you got to do a little bit in like second and third phase and then SQT, you could do more of it as well. So I'm still following it all throughout those years, right? So the 08 games, the 09 games, the 10 games, and then 11 came, comes around and I'm in my, um, second, second platoon. Yeah. I'm in my second platoon. And so at that point, you know, you have a little bit more, you're not, you're not a new guy. So you're not like eyes aren't on you all the time. And, uh, you're not, you know, required to do as much like crap work, I guess you could call it. So, um, so I go to my chief and I had a good relationship with my chief and I was like, Hey, you know, there's this thing called the CrossFit games. Um, I'm pretty, I got, I, this is how I train. I train CrossFit a lot. He, he kind of knew a little bit about CrossFit and it's not really in the schedule of the event that to get to games don't really conflict with much of our training. I only had to miss like two days. And so I asked him, I was like, do you think I could go? And he's like, well, he knew, he knew just enough to be like, Hey, what's your, what's your friend time? Like, that's what he knew about CrossFit. Everyone, you know, everyone was brand time. And I was like, well, my, my fastest is two Oh two. And he looked at me and he goes, okay, you can go. So, um, <laughs> after that, he, so after that, I, you know, I really started to focus on it and I was like, I was pretty excited that I was going to get to give it a shot. And, um, yeah, the rest is history. So I just kind of, it just kind of, every, the stars kind of aligned in 2011 for me. And, uh, 
I got to, you know, get to compete in that year. And that's the year I took second. So it was, it was, a, it was an awesome year. It was a fun year. I look back on that year and it kind of blows me away that I actually did what I was able to do because I would have to go out and I would, we'd be training and, you know, doing our training for work and we'd be in the desert, you know, 110 degrees doing IADs, which is like immediate action drills, which is like running back, running to the desert, you know, all kitted out, you know, carrying 50 to 70 pounds of gear, um, for hours. And then I would get done and everyone else would go take a nap in between our, in between our sessions. And I would literally put down my gear and I'd go into the gym and I'd start working out, you know? And it was just like, I look back and I'm like, I have no idea how I did that. Yeah. It's so weird to be honest with you. I, I got chills while you were saying that thinking here, you are one of the most elite soldiers on the planet and you're finding the time to train for this. And then you finish second place. I mean, that's gotta be one of the most impressive yeah. things in sports. So, I mean, <laughs> that's just a truly remarkable and unbelievable. I mean, did you have any expectation like that, that you might be on the podium and then finish second? My expectation was to win, <laughs> to be honest. Like, <laughs> I was like, I was like, I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to like, cause that's what my, and that was another question my chief asked me after with a friend. He was like, he was like, well, do you think you could win? I'm like, I don't, I wouldn't be asking you if I didn't think I could win, you know? And so, uh, I think I was just, it was a, I was a, I was naive. I was just, I was, it was a good naive though. You know, I, I didn't realize like that at the time that there were people out there who were just, just training. That was all they were doing, you know? And I was like, that was just kind of something I did on the side while not being a seal, you know, and not training for my work. And so, um, but I was like, man, I, I kind of followed it enough to knew, to know, you know, what, uh, what, um, like the guys were doing in, in certain, and workouts and certain exercises. Like I'm like, okay, I think I'm competitive enough. And I'm like, I think I could win this. I think I could beat these guys. So it was a good naive, you know, going in with that mindset and being like, yeah, I don't like, I like, I do this for fun. I do this for fun and, and on the side. And so cool. If I, if I do well, great. If I don't, oh well, you know, I'm going to go back and still be a Navy SEAL. Yeah. I'm wondering how you manage expectations in the years going forward. So the 2018 games happened a few months ago. What, what's your mindset like going into that? And then when you don't finish first, second, third, what's the mind like the next day? What are you thinking about? Yeah, it's tough. You're always just constantly thinking about, you know, like what you could have done better, what you could have done differently. You know, what's the strategy for next year? How are you going to change what, how you, how you prepared yourself for what, you know, for your event. Right. So, um, this year, 2018 was a little different though. I, I went in pretty, I went in pretty banged up. Like there was actually a lot of times where I was, I was pretty set to go and withdraw from the games before the games even had happened. Um, after regionals, I couldn't run. I couldn't squat. My knee was like so swollen and so banged up. And I was like, I didn't know what happened. Um, but yeah, so I, uh, I went into the games this year with a completely different mindset, just being like, all right, you know what? You qualified, you got earned your spot. Now it's time to, uh, you know, just go out here and appreciate, you know, the moment. And, so I didn't go in having the mentality of like, I'm not here to win. I'm here to, you know, get to compete and, um, participate kind of thing. And so, um, had to shift that mindset and that was a tough, you know, pill to swallow, you know, knowing that typically when I go there, I'm going there to compete for, you know, to win. And that's, that's what I wanted to do. So, um, when this year happened and the injury happened and just not getting to train the way I wanted to train, it was it was hard. It was a hard pill to swallow, but I had to, I just had to adjust and be like, look, look, this is, this is what it is. You can't change this. You can either drop out and withdraw, you know, and not go test yourself or you could, you know, stop feeling sorry for yourself, 
go out in the gym, do whatever it is that you can do, and then go have some fun at the CrossFit Games. You know, you don't know how many years of this you're going to get to compete in anyways. So, and then after the games, you know, get your, get fixed up, fix your body, whatever it needs to be fixed. So that was the mindset I, I took into the 2018 games this year. And to be honest, it was actually one of the, one of the most, uh, one of the things I'm most proud of this year was actually finishing the weekend because I did not think that that was going to happen. I was like, I'm going to go there. And if I can't do something that they asked me to do, I'm just going to withdraw, but I'm going to go, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to actually take my time and, um, and go there and, and try to enjoy actually being at the CrossFit games instead of just worrying about the competition and how well I'm doing. So, um, actually getting through the competition, doing pistols on my, on a knee with pretty much no ligaments left in it. Um, and doing box jumps and squatting 315. And even though that was like the minimum requirement, I just thought that was what I could do. I was like, I, this is all I can hit. So I'm, I'm just going to, I'm going to do it. So, and actually even running, cause running was a thing. I was like, every step on a run felt like shards of glass ripping through my knee. So yeah, I was, I was, it's actually one of the highlights of my career now that I actually finished that, that event this year. Yeah, no, I asked the question to hear about that mindset. And that's the reason I wanted you on this podcast how you're able to shift that mindset, tackle new challenges, embrace the suck. It's, it's so cool to hear about. I know you're talking a lot about the knee. One thing I've been really impressed by is the longevity you've had, not only in this sport, but also crushing your body in the seals prior to that. I mean, what, what do you attribute that to that longevity? I think I just love what I do. I, you know, I, I love going out into and testing myself every day, whether it being the gym, whether it being on a run, whether it being, um, anything in life, really being a dad, uh, you know, I, I just, I love it. And I think once you find something you love and you really, really enjoy doing it's it's easy to, you know, continue to do it forever. Like I would, I would play it. Like I remember being a little bit younger and watching athletes hit their prime, you know, and then they'd fall, you know, they start to go past their prime and they continue to play their sport. You're like, man, why is that guy doing that? You know, why is he, why is he going out there even when he can't, you know, he can't compete anymore like he used to. And then, and then now here I am, <laughs> I'm like, Oh wow. Now I'm past my prime. And, uh, you know, and I'm still, all, all I want to do is like get as many years as I can because I love it so much. And so you start to get it right. You start to understand it. Like when you see someone that falls in love with something so much, it's like, why would they give it up? You know, like this is all I ever wanted as a kid. I wanted to be a professional athlete. Uh, so for me, like, yeah, I'm past my prime. You know, I'm not like, I'm not 26 anymore. I'm not 25 anymore, but you know, I'm still going out there and I, I can still compete with these guys. I can still push myself. And, um, you know, maybe I could pull some miraculous thing off and win the games one more year, who knows, you know? So you, you're, you're never going to know until you try. And so I think that the fact that I just love going out there and, and competing and competing against myself every day, I actually love going out to the gym. It's not even, you know, if the games weren't there, if the games weren't around, I would still go and train probably the same way uh, that I'm training. It's not, it's not like I don't do it for the glory. I don't do it for the money. I don't do it for anything like that. I just, I love it so much. I love pushing myself every single day. And that's not just in CrossFit. It's in every aspect of my life. Like I want to be the best version of me at the end of the day, you know, for everyone, for, for my kids, for myself, for my family. So, you know, like, uh, what am I going to do? Sit around and watch TV all day? You know, like well, I'm going to go train. So I think that has a huge, uh, a huge reason why I've, I've been able to last so long is because of how much I love it. Man, those final few minutes right there, absolute fire. I think that encompasses everything that Josh Bridges is all about. 
I could talk for hours with you about training, about the SEALs, all that. I know your time's valuable. You have a lot going on right now. You have some new things coming out. Where should the listeners check what you're doing? Yeah, um, I'm really excited about some stuff that's coming out. You know, some, some uh, I get to share a lot of, you know, what I've learned throughout the years. Like right now, I, I offer my program a lot of, I get questions almost every single day about how to train if you're going into the military and, uh, you know, what did I do? And so I offer a program that's basically, I write it every week. It's exactly the format that I followed. Um, what I thought was the best way when I went to, uh, go into buds and FQT. Um, so I offer that, uh, that's at wadstar.com or you can even, uh, follow it on, I'll just on my Instagram at bridges J three that, uh, you know, you can find the links there as well. Um, and then in the new year, we're starting a YouTube channel. Um, we're going to be talking about mental preparedness, um, how I work out, nutrition, supplements, sleeping, recovery, everything. So really excited to get that out and uh, offer some programs as well on a new website, um, which is going to be joshbridges.com. Uh, basically, everyone talks about mental toughness. I think, I don't know if, I'm, if I ever call myself mentally tough. I would call myself mentally prepared for everything that I've gone after, right? Um, and so like being a Navy SEAL, I was mentally prepared to handle whatever was thrown at me. And so that's what I want to help people, uh, other people with as well. I think that, um, we have a lot of like mental health issues out there and people struggle mentally with things. And so if I can, if I can give back just a little bit of some of the awesome, great mentors that I've had and give back to the, the community, uh, that's, that's a huge thing for me. And so I'm, I'm really pumped about that. Also going to be doing a podcast and, um, and uh you got a lot so of things, awesome going, things on, going on it sounds like <laughs> yeah so yeah um yeah just if you go to the instagram the instagram i'm going to be um sending it all out at bridges j3 and that'll that'll get you guys to all the cool stuff that's coming out in the, in the new year awesome well we'll definitely have all that linked up in the show notes but i can't thank you enough josh for joining us on what got you there no nah, man thank you so much for having me on i really appreciate it if you're listening to this podcast, there's a good chance that your physical fitness is one of the most important aspects of your life. So why do you keep wearing those old workout shorts that are falling apart? Or even worse, when you're at the gym and something smells a little ripe? If that's the case, it's time to turn in those old shorts for a new pair of 10,000 shorts. 10,000 makes it super simple to purchase your new favorite workout apparel. My new favorite short is their distance short, which is super comfortable, lightweight, and perfect for all of my fitness goals. I can say without a doubt that 10,000 shorts are the most comfortable workout shorts I have ever worn. Like myself, 10,000 is obsessed with nailing the fit with the highest quality materials and construction. For the listeners of What Got You There, 10,000 is offering 20% off your first order of shorts. Yes, that's 20% off. This is just in time to purchase the perfect holiday gift for your loved one or even treat yourself to a new wardrobe for the New Year's goals. When you check out, make sure you request their one-in-one-out kit. They do this super cool thing when you can send in your old gear you have for recycling and you'll get 10% off your next order. Head to www.10,000.cc forward slash WGYT to receive 20% off your order. And if for some reason you don't love them, they have your back with free shipping, free exchanges, and free returns. A few months ago, my body was experiencing a ton of pain, and that's when my friend and former podcast guest, Noah Olson, turned me on to Pure Spectrum CBD. Their CBD products have been tremendous in relieving a lot of the pain in my body. Their products are pure. 
because everything they make is tested every time for quality, consistency, and efficiency. They're 100% organic, third-party tested. There's a 100% guarantee, and they're THC-free. If you want to receive 10% off the entire site, head to purespectrumcbd.com and enter code WGYT. That's 10% off the entire website at purespectrumcbd.com with code WGYT. For the What Got You There listeners who love to travel and want to see the world, listen up. We've teamed up with Globekick, who make it affordable to enjoy peak life experiences with like-minded people from around the world. Globekick expertly designs, curates, and scouts global adventures for you to join. Each trip lasts one week and is designed to balance their unique blend of adventure, culture immersion, and relaxation. Globekick has some epic adventures planned, such as cage diving with great white sharks in Cape Town, South Africa, dog sledding and northern light chasing in Norway, and to see the rest, head to globekick.com. If you want to travel the world with your kind of people and not break the bank, then make sure to stop at globekick.com and enter code WGYT to receive 10% off your membership. What got you there with Shonda Laney? Uh, what got you there with Shonda Laney? What got you there with Shonda Laney? Uh, what got you there with got you, got you? Thanks for listening to another episode of What Got You There. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a review on iTunes and also share with your friends. Thanks so much. Looking forward to talking with you next time. If you want to stay up to date on all things I'm working on behind the scenes and everything we've got going on at What Got You There, head over to whatgotyouthere.com. You'll also be able to see more on podcast guests and what they're doing. Thanks to Justin Great for providing us the intro and outro song. If you like his music and want to find out more about what he's working on, head over to justingreat.com.